0: Welcome to apartment 29A I'm Shosh
1: and I'm Megan and we're two best friends who have a lot to say this week we are going to drink the coral tree tea house house blend of tea while we talk about the nature going wild podcast the book duology the hazelwood and the night country by Melissa Albert and lastly we will talk about things we can't stop thinking about this week which is figure skating mainly Russian figure skating and then snowboarding. So the Coral Tree Tea House is a local tea house to San Diego. They are in a district that's like a historic district. There's even some talk about their building being haunted, but I have to tell you when I was there, Um, I didn't see any evidence of haunting, though one of my friends I was with who was a bit more sensitive to those things felt she was like, it's a little uncomfortable. I'm a little cold. I was like, okay.
0: Scary.
1: Yeah, but we had a delightful time and I would totally go back. It's a super cute tea house. Like you walk in and they have like a little shop with, I don't know, like dresses from the 20s and like little hats that you would see at like a derby so big hats in other words and very cute very fun and then just a couple small rooms so you are always at this point given your own room due to COVID and uh, so you can have we had a table for six uh, and this is their their house blend so I'm not entirely sure what is in it other than you can see chocolate and you can see coconut and I'm pretty sure there's rooibos and black tea but if there's other things I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, but I, I think really that's a en- pretty good guess though <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but I really enjoyed the tea so I brought some back for uh Shosh and I to have together
0: sounds super fun sounds a little scary though <laughs> <laughs> I'm not not a fan of scary haunted thing so I don't think you would know (laughs) if
1: if someone hadn't told you though (laughs) right 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 um but yeah the tea the tea is
0: good I had to add a little bit of extra sugar because it was a little sort of bitter or sharp kind of underneath the whole thing but I added extra sugar and I like it much better Oh good! I think the chocolate's a bit calmer than some of the other chocolate ones we've had. Mm -hmm. But yeah, once I added a lot more sugar, (laughs) it's quite (laughs) quite good. (laughs) Oh, good.
1: Yes. Uh, Yeah. For me, it's definitely more coconut. Like I don't think if I hadn't like seen the chocolate in it that I would really know it was chocolate. There's like a hint of chocolate, but the coconut to me is much stronger.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I kind of taste them equal I wouldn't say the coconut's necessarily mm-hmm. that much stronger but I don't know it's kind of hard to decipher between them a bit mm-hmm. to me I think they kind of like blend together quite a bit mm-hmm. but they yeah should. I definitely like
1: a good truffle mm-hmm. yeah I definitely had to add <laughs>
0: extra sugar
1: yeah she did not like it until she added extra sugar
0: <laughs> yeah I added my normal amount and it was yeah way way too bitter like I said kind of sharp underneath but after adding additional sugar it is like I said quite good
1: and probably unsurprisingly since we already know I like the bitter things I don't even notice I'm like what bitterness
0: <laughs> right
1: no oh, but I'm glad that you like it I was feeling bad if you didn't like it at all so no it's it's good I just if I have it again we will definitely
0: know to add extra
1: but that is an
0: easy fix for sure oh
1: yeah for sure all right so the nature going wild podcast was one that shosh actually found before i did so shosh you want to tell us about it
0: i came across this from ologies so we've talked about ologies um on the show before and that's the podcast with Ali Ward and she did one. We love, you, one. <laughs> we love <laughs> ologies now. She did a podcast on carnivores I think it yeah. was. It was yep. like lions and bears and things and the person that she interviewed was this Dr. Ray Wynne Grant and in the episode it mentioned that she had her own podcast. So because I enjoyed the interview I just went and you know decided that I might check it out. So we listened to the first episode and there hasn't actually been a new episode for a while. There were only I don't even remember but maybe like 10 episodes or something yeah. from yeah. last year. Yep. And so we just decided to start
1: with the first one and I enjoyed it. What did you think? Yeah, I'm glad we started with the first one because it is it ends up being this like her story. Of how she got into the field of studying carnivores which is really interesting to learn that like you can have essentially vegan or vegetarian carnivores it's all about the enzymes in the stomach and what they can break down is what makes you a carnivore which is fascinating but neither here nor there because that's not about nature going wild but nature going wild is her story so how she got into the field what she started studying and then the barriers to entry that were for her i think is going to be kind of the focus uh she is a, a black woman scientist and um i imagine that that's going to play a p- prominent role throughout the story um for better or for worse like the ways in which she is probably um what's the word i mean just people assuming that she shouldn't be where she is because of what she looks like, which is frustrating because she's a woman, which is frustrating. Uh, But the first ones are not, like the first episode was not about that, but was just about she's entering this field and she's going camping and she's going hiking and she's asthmatic. And she is asthmatic to the point where she's had to be hospitalized um, and really had some serious episodes. So now she's like hiking camping huh these aren't in Africa yeah exactly (laughs) which was awesome but also things that she was like I've never done this I never even really thought I could do it and then she like talks herself up like yeah it's gonna be great and then it was a little harder than she anticipated (laughs) but now she does those things all the time like her stories now are Like, of course, she didn't have her own tent to start with, even though some of her uh, fellow students had their own tent, but she definitely has her own tent now. And that means that she feels much more comfortable in the camping realm. (laughs) Yeah, it was a
0: quick episode. I was also glad that we started at the beginning because like you said, it is sort of her story. So not that we couldn't have picked up on what she was saying or appreciated another episode. but I think it would be helpful to listen to these sort of in order because I think it is kind of like a cohesive story sort of in like a season rather than just kind of random episodes that are put out that was the feeling that I got anyways so it was kind of fun to hear how she got her start and how you know she doubted herself and had all of these things to overcome and that she has and she's now been doing it I think she said for like 16 years so she's been able to you know, manage everything, but it definitely made her feel you know very human and relatable when she's talking about you know freaking out about seeing a lion near her tent <laughs> or having to go to the bathroom at night or being at when the very there was a back,
1: lion near her tent
0: <laughs> and being at the very back of the group of hikers when she never actually even considered that she wouldn't be able to keep up with people, and it just makes you sort of feel like if she can overcome those things then maybe that you could too Mm -hmm. it's just like a nice kind of story of I don't know you know conquering sort of fears and not like limitations but you know when you haven't done things you don't know but then they become difficult, but instead of giving up, you just persevere. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It was a really nice story, and I really like her voice. So it's mm-hmm. it, she. She's nice to listen to
1: mm-hmm.
0: in terms of podcast hosts.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I love that word, persevere. It's one of my favorite. I cannot imagine being in a tent and being like ninety percent positive that the animal that is outside sniffing your tent is a big cat. And not like the black cat that lives in my neighborhood. Like it's like when I go camping, it's one thing to imagine. Cause sometimes I go camping in places where there are bears. And so I have to imagine that there are bears and be okay with like going to the bathroom in the middle of the night where there might be bears around, but that's very different from being in Africa and like knowing that what was just sniffing around your tent was probably a lion. You're just like
0: right. It's like one thing to know those things are there, and it's another thing to see those things. Yes.
1: And then, but no matter what, you still have to go to the bathroom. Like, there's no. Like, you well, can. that was
0: that was actually one of the things that I appreciated the most about this podcast was she didn't shy away from telling you her embarrassing things, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that some of that is made easier by the fact that she has overcome them and you know made it through to the other side of all of these things. But she literally was talking about she held having to go to the bathroom for so long because that lion was there that when it was finally light enough that she felt like she could she actually ended up you know wetting herself basically which she hadn't done for like I don't know I think she said like 18 years or something because obviously at that point she was a young you know she was young but she was an adult at that point (laughs) but she yeah she told us that which that's kind of embarrassing so
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I mean understandable and she shouldn't be embarrassed but I'm just saying for you to say to somebody yeah I tried to hold my pee so so long because I was afraid of the lion that when I finally moved to put my shoes on I just couldn't even hold it anymore and I peed all over myself you know she could have left that out and it still would have been a good story and she chose to tell us Mm -hmm. so it just felt very I don't know real and I don't know I appreciated that
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do too, because I appreciate like there's honesty and there's also just the idea of like really seeing because you see all these shows like she even said like her introduction to the field was these nature documentaries, oftentimes on PBS or other uh, like National Geographic shows, and they don't usually show those things they show like the fun events, they show the fact that you know you might you might spend a week in wherever they are recording and they get literally an hour of footage from that. But you get to see the beautiful hour of footage because they were there to see the gazelles or they're there to see the dolphins or, you know, whatever it is that they're there to see. That's what you see. And you don't see the six other days of Peeing in a forest and like those things that are less glamorous. <laughs>
0: Sitting in a hut and not moving for eight hours. Yes. You know, when the planet Earth um shows came out that was like my favorite when they would show you the behind the scenes stuff that you didn't Mm -hmm. usually get to see about how they actually got all those amazing shots and how sometimes you know they had been trying for like weeks and they were just about to give up and then at the last moment they got lucky and got like the perfect footage but I mean it's crazy and it takes some dedication (laughs) to get a lot of that footage
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so interesting But I think I'll finish it like because it is only 10 episodes and I really enjoyed the first one. I think I'll go ahead and finish the season. I think
0: I will, too. I actually almost went on to the second episode because the first one was pretty short and I was like, oh, that was good. And like kind of wanted to keep going. But I was like, no, I don't want to like confuse the episodes in my head before we were going to talk about it. So (laughs) I just did the one and then stopped. But I was actually ready to just keep listening. Yep, absolutely. One
1: hundred percent the same yep
0: so yeah so i would recommend it i mean again we've only had one episode but i think it seems like it definitely is worth a listen yeah. and ali ward from ologies was literally fangirling over oh my her. gosh it was so <laughs> cute so for how much i like Allie ward and ologies and all the people she gets to talk to that are amazing for her to be fangirling over um you know dr raywin grant or whatever i feel like that tells you something also so i am sure that it's worth
1: a listen yep so any other thoughts before we move on to our books i don't think so let's talk about the hazelwood and
0: the night country
1: yes So I'll go ahead and read the description for the Hazelwood. I'm not gonna read the description for the Night Country just because Shosh and I have learned that when you read the descriptions for books two and three, they oftentimes have spoilers. Uh, So at least of book one, which makes sense but we're trying to be as spoiler free while still educational about the books as possible. So we're just gonna read the first one. So the Hazelwood, 17-year-old Alice and her mother have spent most of Alice's life on the road, always a step ahead of the uncanny bad luck biting at their heels. But when Alice's grandmother, the reclusive author of a cult classic book of pitch dark fairy tales, dies alone on her estate, the Hazelwood, Alice learns how bad her luck can really get. Her mother is stolen away by a figure who claims to come from the hinterland, the cruel, supernatural world where her, mother's, where her grandmother's stories are set. Alice's only lead is the message her mother left behind, stay away from the Hazelwood. Alice has long steered clear of her grandmother's cultish fans, but now she has no choice but to ally with classmate Ellery Finch, a hinterland superfan who may have his own reasons for wanting to help her. To retrieve her mother, Alice must venture first into the, hinter- into the Hazelwood, then into the world where her grandmother's tales begin and where she might find out how her own story went so wrong. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, book two continues the story of um, Alice and Ellery Finch. So you get to maintain those same characters in book two. And so far, it is a duology, but I could see a third book if she ever wanted to do one.
0: Yeah, I, well, it was the same way after the first book. When the first book ended, I almost felt like it could be its own complete story without having a second book, Mm -hmm. but there was enough there that you knew there could be a second book, and in that same way... I feel like it could easily be complete or she could add to it, but you don't necessarily need more, but there could be more. So who knows, we'll Mm -hmm. we'll know someday, I suppose. But for now, yeah, I I think there's the possibility, but it's not needed.
1: Yeah, but the writing's good. So I would read a third book if it came out.
0: Yeah, the writing is very good. I felt like it was really original Mm -hmm. which I don't know even some of the stories that we read they don't feel that original but you still like them so it's not bad to be unoriginal if that makes sense because you know you tend to get similar sort of themes and topics throughout books and I don't know you just kind of expect that but this one I don't know it did it felt really original and different to me which was the thing I probably liked the most about it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah which again is interesting because the basic of it is fairy tales so it's not like we've never read a fairy original. tale before <laughs> right? I mean, and it's not based on specific fairy tales that we like not grim fairy tales or some other things like that they are their own unique fairy tales but the concept itself is not new but it is all new
0: Yeah, but it just didn't feel like anything else we've been reading. I mean, so again, there could be books out there that are similar. I mean, I don't know, because obviously we haven't read every book, but it just seems like... We're trying, we're trying! (laughs) Yeah, we're doing our best, but there's still a lot of books to go. But it just felt really different from most of the stuff that we read. Because again, even some of the stories that have original bits still, like I said, have similar themes through them. And this one just... I don't know, it felt like its own thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's a bit darker than a lot of the stuff that we are have been reading. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, was nice, I think, for something different. Mm-hmm. But I I don't usually lean into darker stuff as much. I like love stories and happy endings and, <laughs> same, and stuff. But, but again, it was really nice for sort of a change of pace especially because it did feel so unique
1: yeah I agree and I appreciate that it was dark without being too gruesome like there were some parts where I was like ew but for the most part it was just dark and creepy and not dark and gross (laughs) because I feel like dark and gross oftentimes go together and that's okay but that's one of the reasons why I stay away from it because I don't don't really Uh, you know so but I do enjoy some dark and there's some dark humor which I also that's right up my alley
0: (laughs) I also didn't feel like I knew exactly what was going to happen throughout the whole story you know because like in a lot of books you can either figure it out like very clearly even if you're not trying or in a lot of books stuff happens and then even if you hadn't figured out because you weren't trying because a lot of times I don't even like try to figure it out but then you're like oh well that makes sense because of all these things that have already happened so you're not surprised even if you didn't sort of guess or know ahead of time and then these I never had that feeling I was just like the whole time okay okay this is happening. All right, <laughs> sure, this is happening. I never had that like, oh, I knew that was going to happen, you know, or guess at what it was going to be. It was, it just all felt, I don't know, somehow <laughs> unknown until it mm-hmm. happened.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know if you
0: had that same thought because you typically figure out what's going to happen earlier than I do.
1: Yeah, well, particularly in book one, I definitely had that thought. I feel like book two, things were a little bit more, I want to say, I mean, guessworthy is the term that comes to mind for some reason, which I think I just made up, but um, <laughs> just because they're like, by the time you get to book two, there's, there is foreshadowing from book one and you've got some idea of who the characters are. And of course, where you're going to be in terms of a happier, a happy ending. Um, but book one in particular, I was like, I just have no clue where this is going. It's. So interesting, it, you know. There's Ellery has his own, his whole background, his whole story that is separate but connected to Alice. And you're like, "Ooh, what is that?" Um, grandma, you can't. Sometimes you can't tell. It's hard to tell who the who is good and who is bad in these yeah, stories. Definitely fun, um, and because. And with that ambiguity, it is harder to kind of guess because you're like, I don't know. This character has done some really good things in the past. They've also done some really bad things and I don't know what they're going to choose this time. (laughs) So, but that does make it really fun. Yeah, agreed. Definitely. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is darker. I'm trying to think about how to describe the like, magical fairy tale dark aspects <laughs> like how would you
0: categorize the book dark and twisted fairy tale yeah I have no idea right? I don't think that's actually a real category <laughs> But
1: I mean I think it's YA right
0: I'm pretty sure I guess I'm not positive but I think that it is
1: yeah, and I'm sure they call it fantasy because that's the generic Anytime you yeah. have a fantasy world.
0: But I don't know where else it could really fit in because the only thing, you know, like other sort of category would be horror and I wouldn't really categorize this out as horror at all because it is just maybe like dark fantasy or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there such thing as like dark magical realism? Because there's like a little bit of magical realism in it. is yeah, a category know. that I... I have a, I don't know, I don't want to say love-hate relationship because that's not quite, I think I hate magical realism. Whenever I read it, I don't hate it. So whatever that is, (laughs) Nice. (laughs) it's like not my favorite, but then every, so I'm always like, oh, magical realism. Okay. But then when I read it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's really cool. I I like that.
0: that. (laughs) I feel like that's easy to do with lots of things just to instantly sort of judge something and be like, yeah I don't really like that. And then, you know, you read it or mm-hmm. you try that food or watch that movie or whatever. And then you're like, mm-hmm. oh, actually that was pretty
1: good. Right. Well, I think the night circus was that same thing for me. I was like, I don't know, like it's magical realism and it's kind of dark and I don't think I'm going to like it. And then I was like, oh my gosh. The story well, is Well, this is really good.
0: <laughs> Why did we wait so long to read this? <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. So I think you're right. It is like you read- I, I just make that snap judgment I don't even know why I don't know if there was like one book I read as a kid and, and I was like that's magical realism and I was like me and now I'm like magical realism Bleh. <laughs> yeah I don't,
0: know. I don't know but I do that I think sometimes too like if something's labeled like science fiction or something it's not that I don't like science fiction but it's just like it doesn't appeal to me the same way that some of the other ones so I'll you know maybe skip over it or it'll take me longer to actually decide to read something it'll just like sit on my list a lot longer and then I read it and I'm like oh this is great
1: <laughs> yeah. why don't
0: I read more science fiction
1: don't worry I will help you fill those gaps
0: <laughs> But it's like the same thing it's not that I don't I actually don't like it. It's just for some reason, when it comes to picking things, certain Mm -hmm. things, it's like you default to, or are easier to pick up. Mm -hmm. And then when you do pick up one of the ones you don't, you know,
1: as often, then Mm -hmm. you're
0: surprised and you're like, oh yeah, why Mm -hmm. have I not been reading more of this?
1: Mm -hmm. Or like for me, the biggest one in that category is nonfiction. (laughs) And it's not that I don't like nonfiction. I just associate it with Textbook. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like a lot uh, of no. work, guys.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, no, nonfiction is definitely the worst when it comes to that. But honestly, usually if you read a nonfiction, it is good, right. but it is really hard to start them. Really hard. You might be onto something, though. I never really thought about that in terms of equating it with textbooks, but. That might be why, because then it feels more (laughs) like you have to do homework or something (laughs) rather than than just enjoying what you're reading.
1: Yep. So I think it's obvious Shosh and I would suggest reading The Hazelwood. I know I gave the first book five stars, and I think the second book four stars, just because at that point, like, the cleverness wasn't as unique. But if I had like given it some space between the two, I probably would have still given the second one five stars.
0: I think I gave them both four stars because you can't do half stars, but they're probably right. more like four and a half or something. And my problem was mostly just while I liked it for something different it's hard for me to have a favorite book that's kind of so dark Mm -hmm. because like I said I really enjoyed it and it was so good to have a differing type of book to what we usually read but it's just that's never going to be the very top of my list because I do prefer the happy ever afters and the love stories and the you know those sorts of things so that was the only reason why for me it wasn't quite quite five star but they were very well written and very creative and I Mm -hmm. would recommend them definitely Mm
1: -hmm. I also felt like with the first book I never wanted to put it down and with the second book there's there were parts that I almost felt like I had to reread to make sure I was getting all of the depth and so for me I was like a little mm, harder to get yeah yeah Um, and I don't know if that's because I was listening to it and like sometimes when I listen to books if I'm doing something else, I will recognize like, oh, I caught like every third word of what was being said to me. Hold on. That's my fault. But sometimes I feel like it, I was just like, whoa, there was a lot of exposition in that one page. Hold on. Rewind. <laughs> yep. So I think that's also why the second one got a little less star love from me.
0: Yeah. See, I think that that plays into again why they weren't five star for me while I enjoyed both of them the whole times we were reading I never felt like I couldn't stop must keep going again really enjoyed reading it but you know it was fine for me to stop and (laughs) and then pick it back up again the next time I never had that feeling like I can't quit I must keep reading I maybe would just mention that I really like Finch oh yes (laughs) (laughs) which is not actually important to anything but I'll just, you know, throw that out there.
1: (laughs) Well, and I will also include, since it doesn't matter, the covers for these are beautiful. Yes,
0: I agree. This is a book, like, I would potentially pick up without knowing what it was about, just based on the covers.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're just gorgeous. I
0: I know you're not supposed to judge a book by their cover, but I totally do. You know, the the covers will often make me want to read or not
1: read a book, so... Mm -hmm. And they're covers that like it doesn't matter which edition because they've had like like I think the hardback has a slightly different cover from the paperback, but they're very related and they're just still both really pretty like okay who cares if it's in black or in green yeah that's pretty give it to me like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, these are definitely ones that would be nice to be on your shelf just Mm because they are really nice to look at.
1: Yeah. All right, so the thing that I want to talk about this week is Russian figure skating. So I'm gonna try and give a quick summary. In the team competition, the 15-year-old made some notable history because she landed two quad jumps. Amazing, I'm gonna give her all the props. That said, as you know or may not know, the medal ceremony for that has been delayed because they're fairly sure they found out she was on a drug that was actually, that is actually used for heart patients to try and get more, get the body, the heart to pump blood faster around the body. So she was doping in other words. So, but she's so young that they're like, we're not really sure what to do about it. There's no way she could have had access to that drug. She had have gotten it may, probably from her coach. If you do some research into the coach, the coach, many of her uh, students, I guess you would say, so many of her figure skaters either have um, eating disorders because I guess the style of jumps that she teaches really requires that the ice skater be rail thin and as light as possible. Um, and then Many of her, of her students retire super early in life, like age 17, um, because their body literally falls apart. Like one of her ice skaters can no longer jump, period. Um, it, like back problems so bad. So I got all of this information from an episode of Love It or Leave It from one of the producers who's done a lot of research into it because she just got really kind of went down a rabbit hole and she was looking for the coverage because she can't find the coverage through the like NBC or any of the kind of major uh, news outlets and most of the coverage she did find was of course in Russian and she's had to figure out how to get that translated and figure out what translation she can trust and what she can't trust so it is always possible that the information I just provided is not 100 percent accurate because we've got translation issues all of that but Russia's already in trouble they're already as you know Shosh reminded me earlier they're already you know in the ROC they're not even able to you know compete as Russia yeah compete as Russia because They're really good at getting caught, like if nothing else, (laughs) like, I'm really sorry, but that means you're actually doing it. And, you know, it's just so unhealthy what we are asking of people to do in their sport. Like, I want you to be able to do these really cool things in your sport, but to be able to do them in a healthy manner And having to be on a drug that you're, so that your body pumps blood faster. I mean, first of all, that's going to happen anyway. That's what adrenaline does, but to do it even more than that, like to force your body into that state is unhealthy to do that. And like one of the stories is that her ice skater was like, oh, I have two shrimp a night and then I'm full. I'm sorry. What? Two shrimp, Especially as a
0: professional athlete.
1: Right. I'm like, that's not even an appetizer amount that, you know what I mean? Like when you get an appetizer, I mean, granted, these are U S standards, but still, when you get a shrimp appetizer, you get like six shrimp and little cocktail sauce. And that's seen as an appetizer, like not as a meal. So, you know, and it's just so interesting. Like I am surrounded by CrossFit athletes and CrossFit athletes eat all the time. I mean i love them but i'm like and they have to because they are working out at such a rate that if they didn't like their their goal of course is the opposite most of them are trying to build muscle um but figure skaters need muscle like that's the only way you can flip around four times is to have a lot of muscle control (laughs) oh yeah think about the energy you're expending on the ice so while it is amazing to think about what the human body can do I'm not as impressed if it's at the uh, expense of of physical health or mental health.
0: Yeah, because I heard about this just in passing. I want to say it was from Up First, which is Mm -hmm. NPR. And they mentioned it, but there was no detail about it. And I haven't heard anything about it since then. It was sort of this 15-year-old landed two quads, which is amazing. And then it might've even been the next day they said, but they haven't awarded the medals yet because they're investigating for doping, but she's too young to potentially get in trouble. So it might be her coach. But now that I haven't listened to the love it or leave it episode yet. So Megan filled me in on all of that. But from what I know of that, it's just so frustrating because I want to be like, well, why is this coach even still coaching? Mm -hmm. Also, Not that I want all of the athletes to suffer for some people's mistakes, which is why, even though in some ways it was frustrating that Russia can basically still compete just under ROC instead of as Russia... I now, I don't know, just feel like that needs to be reevaluated again because mm-hmm. clearly they aren't learning their lesson. I mean, literally they can't compete as Russia. I mean, everyone knows ROC is Russia. So in a way, it's kind of a pointless <laughs> right. punishment, but still they, they can't compete on, under their home country because they got in trouble for so many people, so many athletes doping. And now in another Olympics, there's controversy about doping. Mm -hmm. so I don't know it just makes you question everything and it's really frustrating and I'm like why isn't it being covered at all is that because they're in China right is that because China and Russia are friends is that because nobody has any information but you think they would be saying that like I just don't understand why basically no one has even heard about it
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's such a good question I don't know why I mean, I think a lot of professional
0: athletes are kind of pushing boundaries and straddling a line anyways, because to compete at such a high level, I mean, you are pushing your body, pushing your limits all the time. So I could see how also sometimes, you know, it can be hard for them in different ways. But again, that doesn't mean we should, the coaches should be pushing them into things or forcing them to take, you know, drugs and stuff to achieve those results hmm Or not eat. Right. Exactly. Clearly, there are a lot of issues around that.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's so weird, though, because
0: while I get what you were saying about not, you know, needing to be skinny, I guess, to make the jumps, I would also argue you would think you would need, like, bigger leg muscles to
1: be able right. to make the jumps.
0: I don't know. I yeah. don't know anything
1: about skating, but... Yeah, I mean, they always say that it's like that back leg coming down and pushing yourself up. And by they, I mean the commentators on NBC who are talking me through all the skills because other than skating, like the actual word to skate. I don't know what a, Like they're like, that's a jump. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's that type of jump. Okay. That's what they said. Like, I can't pick out a jump from.
0: <laughs> In all honesty, I can't tell the difference between them. <laughs> I find that with like figure skating, snowboarding, everything. Like I can tell that things look different and I can tell, well, more for snowboarding, I think than for figure skating, but I don't know. They'll be like, that's a backside 1260 or whatever and I'm like well how do you know it's a 1260 they just did a bunch of spins and then if they slow it down and they count them off for you you're like okay but like in real time I'm like how did you know that that was you know <laughs> oh whatever same right. with like the they'll be like that was a quadruple sow cow or a triple sow cow and I'm like how do you know I mean they were just spinning really fast
1: mm-hmm. and also why is it, why do we call it a sow cow come on we couldn't have come know, up with right? a prettier name for that. <laughs> Right? I think it might be named after somebody. Yeah, I hope so.
0: Because I'm just like, really? We actually tried to look it up because I was like, what is the difference between these jumps? Like they say, it's a Lutz, it's an axle, Mm -hmm. it's a whatever. And I was like, but I mean, they all just look like nice jumps. Like, I don't know how to tell the difference. You just like, they're spinning a lot in the air. Mm -hmm. But so the one thing that I did learn is that the axle is the only one that you take off from the front. All of the other ones you take off going backwards and I was like oh nice because you know obviously I've noticed most of them they take off backwards but I didn't actually realize that there's only one that takes off
1: from the front so interesting yeah I knew some of it had to do with like the placement of the foot but I wasn't after that I'm like I don't know kind of like offsides looks nice. in soccer i know what it is and sometimes i can see it and sometimes i'm like i don't know they called it offsides i guess so <laughs> offsides is really hard though because sometimes
0: right? all think something is offsides but the problem is you kind of have to be looking two places at once yeah because it's the position when the ball leaves the person yes. and so if you're watching the ball and then you look over and then you think someone's offsides, but they might not have been because they might not have been off sides when the ball was actually kicked. Yeah. So I'm like, you need, you need like two heads or yeah. your eyes need to be like looking in two separate directions.
1: Yeah. And a lot of these sports, I'm like, you just, whatever, what, oh yeah, that, that's what the ref said they saw. I'm going to just believe it because I know what it is, but I don't know how you see it. <laughs> like- <laughs> right. Guess the ref knows. Good for yep. them. So Anyway, figure skating, super interesting. I love but, it. It'll be yeah. interesting to see what happens.
0: Yeah. Moving forward, if we even hear about it.
1: Yeah. I just hope people can be healthy. Definitely. But show bring us up from here and tell us why you are interested in snowboarding. So,
0: the reason I can't stop thinking about snowboarding is because in a week, I'm going to be snowboarding (laughs) for the first time in like eight years. (laughs) So I have taken my board out of its bag for the first time since I moved to the UK. I have had it waxed. I've had the edges sharpened. I've adjusted my bindings. I've dug out all my gear and I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) I was standing in my board and I was like, I don't remember how to snowboard. <laughs> I like jumped around a bit and I was like playing around being stupid just to like get the feel of it. And I was like, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to do this. And I was like, but I can't even really practice or test it until I'm actually
1: on around snow and doing <laughs>
0: it. I'm the most afraid of the lifts. Yep. Now, if they have the gondolas, like the ones you just carry your board or skis in and they're like bigger. That would be no problem because you walk, you walk in and out of those. And I desperately hope that there are some of those. But I'm going to a place I've never been before, so I have no idea. But if they only have chairlifts, I am scared (laughs) because (laughs) even when I was snowboarding regularly, it was very hard to get off on a chairlift. Mm -hmm. Unlike people on skis who automatically have their balance and have skis attached to both feet. So they literally just stand up and slide off. You're only attached with one foot on a snowboard and you have to glide off. So you have to stand, get up off the chair, balance yourself and slide yourself across out of the way. And that sounds easy, but the areas when you get off of the chair lifts are usually not very nice because so many people are getting off there. So they're often like icy or uneven. So I'm a little bit scared.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel. Yeah, that's the hardest part. But I was also laughing because I was like, you know, how, what's that saying? Like a, a good sportsman never blames his tools or something. <laughs> I'm like, well, she was just setting herself up so that all the tools are certainly in the right place. And you're
0: like, so, so you're saying it's going to be my fault. <laughs>
1: yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Honestly, probably true. (laughs) Probably true. But yeah, I honestly... I hadn't pulled any of my stuff out since we moved here. So, I mean, it's really fun. I am really excited to do it again, but I literally feel like I'm starting over and I'm kind of scared about it. Mm-hmm. So, I think by the time this airs, I should um, have already been snowboarding.
1: Yes, you'll have to give <laughs> I think maybe even, maybe
0: even back. So, I'll have to maybe let you know pictures. if I've survived. <laughs> so, but I'm ready. Don't worry. I've got my knee brace, I've got my
1: wrist guards, <laughs> I have my helmet. <laughs> so i prepared. How old are we? We're like, I got my knee brace. <laughs> I know.
0: Hey, a helmet and wrist guards for snowboarders is just sensible. The knee <laughs> yeah, that's brace. Why I didn't mention that. Part. <laughs> I'm showing I'm probably showing my age now. <laughs> but you're doing snowboarding. Amir found some kind of meme I don't remember exactly what it was but it was like me I'm in the prime of my life everything is amazing and then the next thing was like my knees and it was like I don't remember exactly what it said it was basically like are you sure or I mean it was like something to like opposite basically and what are you he was doing? Like, look. he's like look this is you especially for snowboarding and I was like oh my god that does make me feel really old but it's kind of true it's kind of true <laughs> Now, what will Amir do? Does he snowboard? He'll ski. Okay. He has tried snowboarding, but he usually skis. So, I think especially because there's been such a big break between us doing any skiing or snowboarding, he'll probably, well, at the moment, the plan is to ski because it's a lot easier to get back on skis
1: Mm -hmm. than snowboard. Yeah. And even with that in mind, though, Jeremy hadn't been skiing since, I don't know, his teens, maybe? And he just went skiing- Couple weeks ago and loved it, so he picked it right back up, and there that's a big gap. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not in our teens anymore. <laughs>
0: we are not. Yeah. Well, I feel like eight years is a pretty big gap. Um, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know, but but I kind of also feel like once I'm there, it will become easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying I will be as good as I was before I didn't do it for eight years, but I mean, I think I in theory should at least be able to do it if that makes sense Mm -hmm. but I'm still a little worried about it yeah yeah so and also I'm going to be with all skiers and they're usually well we'll see when we started Amir would always be faster on skis and we would be slower because we were still learning to snowboard like my friends and I and then we got better so we could keep up and then Amir tried snowboarding and then he was the slow one and we were really fast <laughs> but um I'm going with people who are experienced skiers and I'm just worried I'm gonna be like the slow
1: one that can't keep <laughs> up
0: because I'm like I don't know what I'm doing so
1: yeah I've already Hopefully. warned Shosh that uh, she'll just be she'll be fine but that the next day she'll be sore because you're going to use different muscles than you're used to.
0: <laughs> yes, definitely. And stupidly, I did not prepare myself at all to try to get ready for this trip in terms of, you know, doing any kind of exercises or anything <laughs> to be ready. So I'm sure it's going to be a challenge. I just hope that I don't fall a lot. Because, you know, when I first was learning to snowboard, I would fall a lot, especially because stopping was sometimes hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you would just kind of fall I don't fall over. stop on skis. So I'm just hoping that even if I'm not as good as I was before, I'm not back to that stage <laughs> I'm hoping that I can at least, you know, mostly at least get down stay the mountain. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. When your path is like two instead of one, <laughs> like, so that's where I sat and slid down the mountain. <laughs> amazing
0: you'll be fine Amir sent me this little video of this kid and he was dressed like a dinosaur snowboarding Aww. and he was like making up a song as he was going he said it to me and he was like this is you snowboarding <laughs> it was so cute it was this little dinosaur kid and he was making up a song about I'm not going to fall, but maybe I will fall because sometimes we all fall. And he was like making up this whole little song oh while my he was gosh, snowboarding. I love this kid. And it was so cute. And then he actually fell over and he was like, he was like trying to struggle to get himself around. And his dad asked him, he was like, What kind of dinosaur are you? Because he's in like a little dinosaur costume. And he was like, I'm a powder saurus. And then he <laughs> keeps struggling and he can't get over. And then he goes, I'm a stuckosaurus. <laughs> it's literally
1: the cutest
0: thing I have ever seen. Oh my god. It is so cute. And I was like, I want to be that little kid. I was like, I'm gonna make up a song as I as I um snowboard down the mountain.
1: Yeah. And if I fall down, I'm going to call myself a stuccosaurus and that's exactly. okay. Exactly.
0: Oh my gosh. I love it. I used to make my friend laugh so hard because I didn't usually make up songs while we were snowboarding, but my friend that I did the majority of my snowboarding with, we would always be on the lift together, obviously. And I would make up songs on the chairlift and it was amazing. I love it. They were so bad, but I loved it. But also so good. <laughs> but also so good.
1: Well, oh oh gosh. So if you like snowboarding or if you have thoughts about Russians figure skating, or if you like the nature going wild podcast, let us know, email us at apt29a at gmail.com or check us out at Instagram at apartment29a and have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.